Sounds like Jeff Sessions needs to line up a big old blunt. Sounds like he needs to line up a bowl and chill the fuck out. And just relax. Yeah. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbins. And you're listening to Crash on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch. We talk about that wacky tobacco. We talk about what it's like to rum with your significant other, Icarumba. Oh, Jesus. And we talk about how New Year 2017 can be your best year. This week and more on Crash on My Couch. Hello, everybody in the YouTube space. How we doing? Uh, and for anyone who's listening on the podcast that's not watching this on YouTube, we are also putting this on my YouTube channel, hopefully. We're going to see how this works out. Hopefully this edits down well. Um, but either way, uh, let's get into the podcast, why don't we? Yes. Ooh. All right. Uh, welcome back, guys, to Crash on My Couch. Hello. Hello. It's uh, so good to see you, or hear you, rather, see you. Over there, hear you over here. That's weird having you to do both of these things. I know, things. I'm like, ah, ooh, <laughs> ah, oh, eek. what am I doing? I'm not sure whether to talk to the camera or to talk to you. Um, talk to me, I guess, because we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna upload it to, to the YouTubes, but if you, if you have anything you want to say directly to YouTube, I'm just like talking to you like this. So, this is what I think. This is how I feel, and this is what I think. Um, no, okay, so we're gonna talk about things. Let's do it. Welcome back to Crash on My Couch. Uh, we have had a rather uneventful week this week. Yeah. Mainly because the news has been so nuts. Uh, we talked last week about Logan Paul stuff, which we are not going to get into this week. No, we're not going to be in the YouTube channel. We're not going to the time of day. No. Okay? No. We're You've not... heard enough about Logan Paul. And Jake Paul, both of the Pauls. We're not going to be another YouTube channel that talks about either of them. Because fuck that. Although, you know what? I could already use that. I could use that as clickbait right now and probably get good views on this video, but I'm not going to do that because that's the problem with YouTube and I'm not doing it. Um, we're going to talk about some other stuff. I've been sick all week. How have you been? <laughs> you have been sick all week. Yeah. Um, I've been good. Yeah, there's nothing nothing much going on with me. It's a slow week. That's like, like January grind where nothing's happening. Yeah. It's like that five or six days after Christmas where you're just like... But people still aren't back to work. It's crazy. Because like, yeah, I was speaking to someone the other day and they were like, I was the only one in the office. This was only like two days ago. And they were like, I was the only one in the office. People just aren't back yet. It's crazy. It's just like the first like week, two weeks of January. Everyone's like... Even like my manager, Byron, who is so lovely. And I love you, Byron, if you're listening or watching either of these things. He's been like, have you done this? Have you done that? And I'm like... No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's the beginning of January. I haven't done jack shit. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. Also, we've been sick and you haven't really felt that good either. Your stomach's been bothering no, you. I just felt, I've just felt off. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's just, maybe it's just the mood, the it's time the, of the year. Yeah. It's the January mood. It off. is. It is. It's the time of the year too. You finished your poster yesterday though, for your short film. Yeah, I did a, I, well, for those of you, well, some of you might know. I did a short film like three, four months ago, and now I'm just in the middle of like trying to promote it, I guess. So I finished my poster, was making some dope-ass artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's been fun. Um, yeah, honestly, slow week, 
Not much has been going on. It's been gross outside. It's been raining and windy and disgusting. Yeah, the UK had a big old windstorm that came through. Windstorm. A windstorm that came through a couple of days ago that really threw us for a loop. Yeah. I felt like I was a mime fighting against a fake wind while I was walking down the street, even though it was real wind, obviously. Uh, yeah, which was not very fun. But no, it was good seeing you working on that poster, though, because I've said this in the past. But Will is really good with illustrations and Photoshop and all that kind of stuff. And it's just good to see you, like, stretching those muscles again. Because the poster looks dope. I wish you could just post the poster somewhere. I know you can't. Thanks. No, I think I'll be posting it, like... In a little while. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you can post... You, I mean, you can almost post the short film soon. Yeah. Ish. You know? Not to, you know, drop any bombs right now. But, you, you know, it's, it's coming soon. Yeah. Which is exciting. Um, all right, let's get into the first thing we want to talk about today. Yes, tell me. What's the first segment? Uh, the first segment is... Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. It's the Weekly Idiot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Which is going to be super easy because there have been so many idiots this week, as we've talked about. Yeah. Um, Which I... idiot are we going to be talking about? Oh, God. This one's kind of a political idiot, but we, Will and I talked about this before we started recording this, and we're going to have, like, very fun stuff to talk about after this, but I just have to have a little mini rant, okay? I have to have a rant. Uh, and then we can just have fun and chat, and it'll be fine, but I have to talk about Jeff Sessions. I have to talk about him, because he's driving me fucking crazy, and I think most Americans fucking crazy. So... For the longest time, there's kind of been an Obama-era statement that was made that basically said from the, from the federal government that they weren't going to crack down on states' rights to, um, to decide upon legalizing marijuana. Mm. So that's kind of it's, – it's been a known thing. Right, because marijuana is uh, legalized in some states, but it's not federally Legal. legalized. Yes, right. yes. Um, or even decriminalized. So, like, the difference between that is that, obviously, if you legalize something, anyone can have access to it. If you decriminalize something, it means that the charges that people can come up against for having marijuana or, like, possessing marijuana would be greatly reduced and probably wouldn't require prison time. So, like, that's the difference is that, like, when people are saying they want to legalize marijuana, that would mean there would be no consequences. If you decriminalize something, it makes it... Um, a less of a harsh sentence if you get caught with it. Sure. So like it would be so easy for the federal government to just say, we're decriminalizing it. Because then it doesn't necessarily mean that they're condoning it. It doesn't mean that it's legal, but it just means that, you know, you don't get tons of people going to prison every year for having like a nug of weed on them or like weed dust in, in their car. I see. Yeah, because there's always that argument which is like whether or not like you're even safe in your own state. Like, yeah. And if you're like, if you're in Colorado, um, what is it, California, Nevada... Who are the places I think that Vermont. Vermont. Vermont also just voted it in. Um, yeah, I, whether you can just get fucked by someone, like by by a federal by agent. A federal agent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're technically in a legal state, you could still maybe get screwed just because yeah, of the yeah. fact that it's not federally decriminalized or legalized federally. So the the big thing about this is that Jeff Sessions, uh, who has been in charge of making those kind of statements, yeah, or, who is Jeff Sessions? Uh, I think he's the Attorney General. Let me make sure of that. Yeah, he's the he's the Attorney General of the United States. Um, so his entire job is to basically either denounce the war on drugs or promote it. Um, last year alone, 
and this is something that is a stat you can look up online, uh, right around 13,000 to 15,000 people died of opioid abuse last year. Mm. Um, zero people died of marijuana abuse. <laughs> yeah. Because marijuana can't kill you. Uh, and Jeff Sessions has been known to have kind of old school philosophies on marijuana and marijuana on that practices. Wacky... On the wacky tobacco. Yeah. Um, on that reefer. On that re- that mad reefer madness. <laughs> um, he actually has come out and had statements where he said that uh, heroin is only a little bit better than marijuana. Cool. That being addicted to to being addicted to marijuana is just a lesser version of being addicted to heroin. Sounds like Jeff Sessions used to light up a big old blunt. Sounds like he needs to light up a bowl and chill the fuck out. And just relax. Yeah. Sounds like he just needs to do some research and or stop ignoring research that's already been done. Um, and that's the part that I think a lot of people are really mad about is that he just seems to ignore the wishes of the, of the American public because... Over two-thirds of the American public is in support of legalization of marijuana. So even Republicans are in support of legalizing marijuana. Yeah. Um, over half of Republicans are in support. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where you can't really, like, refute anymore, can you? You can't just, be, like, have that stigma against it because it no. is, like, scientifically proven to be... Yeah, to be okay. And also to have medicinal qualities. So that's also another thing is that classifications of, of drugs in America is kind of a tricky thing because basically... Like heroin and coke and all these other drugs are not considered to have any medicinal qualities, and that's why they are considered illegal or illicit drugs. Right, right. Like this, you know, a lot of pharmaceutical drugs are still legal, but they have huge, huge, you know, repercussions if you abuse them. Yeah. But because they have medicinal qualities, they're not considered illicit drugs. Got it. But they've put marijuana in the same category as heroin and coke and all these other terrible drugs, saying that it has no medicinal qualities. Where it actually does. And it's proven to have medicinal qualities. as a result of that, what does that mean for the whole um, federal, state, border... Division. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, because this is probably where this whole thing was supposed to come into. I don't even know I actually said this. But Jeff Sessions basically said that he was no longer going to adhere to the Obama-era classification of marijuana, uh, saying that states have rights and they can kind of choose for themselves mm. how they deal with it. Right. Hence the reason why Colorado, you know, legalized it. California has just recently legalized well, the other it. The thing is, it's like, I'm like, given, like, I'm not super educated on it, so I, I can't really, like, you make don't, a big claim. You don't got a pony in this from, race. From, from everything I've seen or heard is that um, it's been really positive for the economy in all the states. Yeah. And, yeah, just just been a really good thing for, for people that are suffering from... Um, illnesses or disorders or yeah you know people you know smoke marijuana just to help with their stomach cramps like yeah you know, like it's the weirdest it's, stuff it's like the weird the weirdest thing but yeah I mean so from an outsider's perspective it looks like everything's going great like billions of dollars are going to in Colorado billions of dollars are going to um, the ed- education system I think in Colorado like money like doesn't like like a quarter of it go to or a big amount of it go to education. Yeah, yeah. I don't have exact stats on no, it. Neither do I. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not totally positive, but I do know you're right about billions because they said that the estimate for um, the first year of California sales could be up to a billion dollars of profit. So, like, that yeah, amount of money, money, it's a shit ton of money. And if you taxed it appropriately, even, like, tobacco products, like, if you taxed it pretty heavily, 
think about a state like California that's been in debt for such a long time. That could be a huge boost to the California yeah, yeah. economy, and it will be a huge boost. I think it will be more than um, Colorado because I mm-hmm. like I tourism can see it alone. Colorado. Like we well, tourism, just California. California is massive, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how much bigger California is to Colorado, but I know it's. I mean, California definitely has a lot of lot more traffic, but I think Colorado saw an increase in tourism because of the fact that it legalized. Yeah. So now that people can come from different countries, come from different states, and and like have recreational weed and have it be kind of like a fun thing that they can go participate in legally and safely, uh, it gives California a new boost to tourism as well. You know what I mean? So what, what it, what it's interesting. That, what does that mean now? After after what he said, what does that mean? Like, does that mean that he can just walk on in with a bunch of federal agents to Cali and be like, I'm shutting this down? Pretty much, because because state laws are not the law of the land. Federal laws are. Um, not that they are, they're saying that they ever would do that, but it's just obvious that the attorney general doesn't believe in state rights anymore. If he really thinks that that states should be able to make their own laws for things, this wouldn't be an issue. Um, but it is. And the other thing that's crazy, and this is all stuff, by the way, I've, the original uh, article that I'm kind of getting a lot of my stats from are, are from The Guardian. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I saw from the ACLU was that 150,000 Americans have weed-related jobs or marijuana business-related jobs in America. 150,000? 150,000. So far, with only like seven states legal. 150,000 Americans. Think about all the jobs that could be generated through through this. Like and that's just that's that's a small percentage of the entire country that is legal and there's still that many jobs. On top of that, 52% of drug arrests in 2010 were for marijuana and black people are 3.73% more likely than white people to be arrested for marijuana. Like, it's such a, like, it's so obviously race-driven as well. And that's the other thing that's really frustrating about it is, like, a lot of people are saying that Jeff Sessions is doing all of this because he has, like, he's in the pocket of uh, for-profit prisons. But he actually doesn't make that much money off of that. You can go on Snopes if you want to see, like, the exact stats on all of that. Oh, really? Yeah. He has shares in two funds that include holdings in the leading private prisons, which is also a huge civil rights issue. For-profit prisons are, like just a breeding ground for like literally just black people to be thrown into prison all the time constantly which is a huge issue that needs to be dealt with as well and marijuana kind of gets wrapped up in that a lot as well because a lot of drug charges are the ones that end up you know having black people in prison for yeah um which is ridiculous and it needs to get solved but i think like with marijuana being more uh normalized you'll see less people going to prison for you know, really small yeah. demeanors like that, like having small possession of marijuana and things like that. It just shouldn't be a problem. Um, but yeah, it's it's an upsetting thing. And that's why Jeff Sessions is the idiot of the week. Is that, is that your... Uh, that's your, my rant. That is my rant. Words. Yeah. I mean. I'm, I'm so over it. I'm just like, I get it. I get it why a lot of people have these very old fashioned views on marijuana. But I think my biggest thing is like, show me an article or show me like some kind of stat that tells me that it's actually bad for the country for this to be legalized. I feel like all that you're doing when you are making marijuana legal is you're making it safe. You're taking money out of drug cartels because it's no longer illegal. So no one needs to smuggle anything. So you're taking money from the drug cartels and you're putting it into the taxes. Like you're putting it back into America. I mean, like I understand why, like, older people might have an issue with marijuana because if you're raised, like, a certain way for 
for like decades. Your entire life. Yeah. And you'll you'll just refer to it as reefer and wacky tabacky, then yeah, I understand why it must be kind of a difficult thing to overcome. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's stupid. And yeah. hopefully in the future when these people are long gone and the new age of people, we won't have to do this anymore. Yeah. I think and I think a lot of people feel that way about a lot of different issues, including like civil rights issues. I think also it's just important to educate young people on why this stuff is important so that we don't have a generation of people who are ignorant to it. Yeah. Because, you know, I have still heard a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of the younger generation totally gets this problem. And it's mostly just like an age thing because it really is like I understand, too, because people were told for such a long time that it would, you know, Battle your mind and make you crazy and all this stuff and to a certain extent you shouldn't abuse marijuana obviously but at the same time it's not something that is on the same level as heroin no i think you have to be no. you have to be really really trying same to level as, like, as, most as, drugs. as coke or any other drug i would not consider i i consider marijuana less dangerous than than alcohol like you can you can take two people that do the same substance like chugging alcohol all night and someone who smokes like a shit ton in yeah. one night. And I've seen both of those type of people in the same party. The drunk one is the one you're worried about. Yeah. The, the overly high one is scared in a corner, curled up, eating biscuits. Yeah. Like they're not trying to like mess with anyone. Yeah. The drunk one is going to go try to drive somewhere and end up causing yes. a really yeah, horrible yeah. accident. You know what I mean? It's two entirely different issues, but it's just interesting that no one cracks down on alcohol when all this stuff is going on. <laughs> but then, at the same time, you see how well Prohibition happened? I mean, Prohibition didn't exactly work out for most Americans no, either. it did not. So don't try to prohibit marijuana. It's just, it's just filling our prisons with people who don't need to be there. And particularly, poor black people that don't need to be there. Yeah. It's just sad. But anyways, so, Jeff Sessions, Weekly Idiot. That's my rant. Sorry, I'm done, I'm done ranting. It's cool. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> okay, so, the next segment is... Go Science! Go Science! Go Science! Go Science! Um, Let's do this thing. So, I mean, like, we can probably attest to this. Uh, this is from The Guardian as well, by the way. But, um, we... Will and I don't go exercising together. <laughs> We don't do that. Uh, I mean, there's no reason why we wouldn't go. No, 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 no. We, but we don't go, like, we don't really have the motivation for each other to go together. You know what I mean? Like, I don't wake up in the morning and go, Will, we're going for a run. But, like, neither of us are exercising. It's not like, it's no. not like we're just... But I mean, no, we're both lazy. It's not like it's not like either one of us is doing more work. But I do yoga for we have different minutes. different. Yeah, I mean, at least you are doing a little bit of exercise. Yeah. I'm doing shit at all. The thing is, is that we probably have different ideas of exercises we'd like to do. Like I don't really? want to. Well, I don't want to be hitting the gym, and yeah. you like to hit the gym. You know what though? I mean, like I feel like you probably would love to do like rock climbing, more bouldering, like mm, that kind of stuff. I could get on that level. More like an activity rather than like. Um, pump and yeah, iron. running. I could probably get into running because I hear that's like really good. But like outside running and good for mental health as well. Yes, yeah. but not like in a gym, like outside. No, running. That, I find that really boring. But see, and I also, feel the same way. I get. I find gyms to be like really, like really overly macho and competitive. Really? Yeah. I think I, sometimes I. Feel I just like, find them really intimidating. I feel like everyone's there like, yeah, look at my. Oh. But see, I think there are people though that are in their zone and like that's what they do, and and so they feel comfortable that way. And so I think maybe sometimes their confidence might intimidate you too. No, it's it's more so like I feel like I've like I've been this ages ago. Like I've been to a gym and like all the regulars are in there. They're all like kind of hanging out by like the weight 
machine thing. Yeah. And I'm like walking in like, oh, I'm just going to go pick up my little weight. My little 10 pounder. My little 10 pounder <laughs> and go to the corner there. And they're all like, yeah, you know. I'm not like, I just find it like really like, uh, it's like too much for me to deal with. I think, I think with gyms, you take from it what you bring into it. So like I have felt intimidated before and just been like, you know what? I'm doing this for me. I don't care what anyone else thinks. Mm. I'm just going to go in and do it. And having gone, I used to go a lot in high school because I was a cheerleader. Having gone a lot when I was younger, I realized that the intimidation factor that I thought I felt was really either my own insecurity or like one person's narcissism. You know what I mean? It was just like one guy that was really annoying. But like you got over it because you were like, fine, you're just irritating, but like not a big deal. So I think you would actually, you would end up probably liking it once you like got into it. But it's just, I can understand it's kind of a toxic environment. But either way, Um, I was reading an article from The Guardian talking about why couples should never go running together. (laughs) And this is a kind of an opinion piece, so it's not totally a scientific fact. Um, But this is written by Lily Cantor, and she says, If you want a training buddy, look elsewhere. Exercising with your other half can be a nightmare. Um, and she, this is from personal experience. She's talking about this. Yes. She goes into personal experience. She's talking about how her husband is just a lot more fit than her. So when she goes running with him, she feels angry. She gets in an argument with him because she feels like something I do. I'd be like, well, like I get that you can run really fast and that's great for you. But like, I'm over here panting. I need my own pace. Okay. And, and I think that's what she was saying was that his encouragement was kind of demeaning to her because you know, physicality and, and running and all that kind of stuff, because it is a test of what you can do, you do feel like you're comparing yourself to the person that you're next to. I think the same thing. When I think about having to run with you, it, like, makes me anxious because you're so long. Like, you're so long and tall that I would not be able to keep up with you. I wouldn't. You run I, like I a think, gazelle. I think you probably would, though. No, no, no. You run like a gazelle, and I could never run I like that. I can run like a gazelle for, like, a minute. <laughs> and then after that minute, I'm, I'm gone. I'm done. I don't like know about that i've seen you run i can i could i could um like i can jog for like the, the most i did for um last year was like a mile and a half like i did yeah, a mile and a half that's about good. yeah but like all i see on my timeline is like oh i just i just like ran 27 miles that's because you're following casey nice just a light 27 miles <laughs> just a little light 39 miles at a, at a 4.7 pace and okay. i'm like how are you even a human all right well, it's because Casey Neistat isn't human. No, I a- love him to death, but he's not. Adrian the other day was like, um, I was like, oh, like, how much do you run? Because I was like... Adrian? Yeah. I asked Adrian how much he ran. He's like, um, well, I can do like six miles, like, when I go for a run. Like, six miles, I'm like, I'm, I'm okay after that. And I'm like, six Shit. miles? Ask I can Connor. Do a he mile probably can run like want, crazy. I don't want to ask he can Connor. probably run like crazy. I don't want to ask you know what it is, though? It's your tolerance. Like, once you build up a tolerance, you can run for so much longer. Yeah, and I think that would be very, um, Satisfying, to mm. me. like being able to just be like, keep running. I'm just gonna do a cool 12 miles this morning. Yeah, just a cool 12. Just a, just a casual 12. Just gonna end up in a yeah. different country. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so there's actually a reason why a lot of times being in a relationship can make running or exercising harder than just doing it with a non-objective partner. Okay. Okay. Um, according to Professor Joan Duda, <laughs> Duda, <laughs> an expert in sport and exercise motivation. How is that a thing? At the University of Birmingham, uh, an exercise buddy can promote sustained involvement in physical activity, but this relies on three factors, competence, autonomy, and belonging. 
When you're running, you want to set the stage so you're most likely to feel competent and feel a sense of autonomy, like you have a voice, choice, and input, and you need to have a sense of belonging with the person whom you're exercising. It is best to feel you're supported in a non-judgmental way. So like, that's why people can work out with their best friend because they feel like that person is encouraging, that person has their back, and like the physicality isn't really a problem because you're comfortable with that person, but you're not sharing a bed with them. You know what I mean? Like, there needs to be support that's unbiased. Got it. Whereas, like, I might have a stake in your health. Like, I might look at you and go, oh, I don't want you to die an early death. We should go running, and I want you to push yourself so that you do really well, so that you're healthy. It means, like, a little bit more to you than than an average person. And also, I can read into whatever you're saying a lot more. So if you're like, pick up the pace, let's go, I might be like, bitch... What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? That I need to run harder? Yeah. Well, back the fuck up. <laughs> I don't want to run harder. You know what I mean? Like, you can take, like, a personal offense to it because you have a personal stake in my health as well. Yeah. Um, and competence is the other thing. So we're judging each other based on each other. So I might look at you and go, oh, he runs so long. You have such, like, a long stride. I'm never going to be able to catch up with him. I'm not as good as him. I'm going to take that mentality and ruin it, my relationship, based on the fact that you can run farther like, than me. Damn it, you you can run. You can run real far. far. You're better than me at this. You know what I mean? Got it. Yeah. So, ultimately, as much as it would be nice to be your workout buddy, it might not be the best solution for us. Well, <laughs> I, can, I can attest. Yeah. I would love, like, you know me. Tell me what you'd love. I would love to be, like, good at lifting weights. I know that sounds ridiculous, but, like, I would love to feel strong. I want to feel strong, but I don't want to do it by lifting weights. I think that's so boring. But I want to feel like I... Ugh, ugh, ugh. Let's go it doesn't fucking, have to be like let's that. Let's go fucking rock climbing, dude. Yeah, let's go rock let's climbing. Let's tackle some mountains. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of rock climbers do do yoga and do weightlifting so I'm they sure can they get do, strong. I just think, like, I like the idea you like the idea of being outdoors and not having to necessarily adhere to, like, a physical I think standard. I like the idea, like, with rock climbing, it's, like, you're... And, I, like, I guess for weight training, you're, you're still trying to get an objective, but maybe it's a little bit more subtle. Yeah. With rock climbing, it's, like, you know, I have to scale this, or I'm yeah. trying to get from one side to the other, or mm. I'm trying to get to this point. Like, that's my goal. And I can, like, I can see it visually, mm-hmm. which is really good, because I think, for me, that that worked better for my mind. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I, I can work out, but, like, I really good. Because I get competitive, and I, I yeah. get competitive with myself. And I think if I could see, like, I have to climb this wall out, I'm going like, to do it. Yeah. And by the end of it, I would have done some exercise. Yeah. And you would have gotten to the top, you would have felt accomplished, you would have also exercised. Yeah. So I think that's, that's why I like that. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way about rock climbing, about, you know, any kind of... No, I don't want to say, like, alternative sport... But like a sport that's kind of a bit more self-reliant, mm. that can be really fun. Uh, that's kind of why I like yoga too, is because when I can do a certain pose, I feel accomplished. Yeah. Like I can do a crow pose successfully. What up? And like hold it for a while, which yeah. makes me feel really accomplished. Because when I first started Impressive. doing yoga, I could not do anything like yeah. that. And now that I can, I'm like, yes. And it makes me want to do the next hard thing. Yes. You know what I mean? So I get that. I get that. Maybe we should start doing rock climbing then. I used to do it when I was younger. I'm down. You know, I used to do it in Arkansas. Ultimate Beastmaster. Ultimate Beastmaster. We have been watching a lot of Ultimate Beastmaster. Which is, uh, for those of you who don't know what Ultimate Beastmaster is, it's a Netflix show, um, kind of like Ninja Warrior, but... So much better. Netflix has made their own version of it, and like it's like the best athletes in the world like are navigating this like 
crazy obstacle course. And I mean, last night, Arden, having watched it for three hours, tried to scale the banister <laughs> in, in our house. So it's having some positive, uh, positive <laughs> impacts. Um, I love Ultimate Beastmaster. On that note, should we go to the last segment? Yes, we can, honey. For our final segment, because it is the new year, 2018, still crazy to be saying that, um, I thought we could go in with a... Hey, we all feel weird sometimes. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, for those of you on YouTube who have not listened to the podcast before, this is where we answer your questions. And I got all the questions today from my Instagram. Um, yes. And I tried to target them kind of towards the new year, new you, da-da-da-da-da, that sort of yes. thing. Yes. I'm going to try and do three questions, right? Yes. We can do three questions. So, let's do it. Uh, first up. This is kind of a really easy question from Lauren. <laughs> just to get, just to dip our toes Just to in. dip your toe in. Just because this is a question for you. Because I figure you might want to talk about it. Or maybe not. Um, Will, when are you coming out with more short films? Um, I don't know. When someone wants to give me some fucking money, <laughs> that's when I'll be making more short films. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Was someone going to give me that cash money to, to make get, something to real nice? To get funding to do like big creative projects is like... Nigh on impossible. Like, just the most difficult thing in the world. Yeah. I've, like, last year, um, and I kind of get a lot of questions about this, uh, me and my friend Adrian, um, we created a channel called Vanilla, which we uploaded our first thing called The Water Cooler, and that was about a year, a year and a half. Which I was in. Which Adam was in, and, um, <laughs> and she did a very good job. Uh, and we spent, like, the last year, we've written, like, three, or f- three scripts, three scripts, um, but the budgets for them are, like, 20 grand plus. Yeah, and they're we feel like they're really good ideas, but it's just you need someone who's just going to invest in an idea. Yeah, and a lot of the ideas are very risky. Yeah, like, you don't know how it's going to turn they're out. They're experimental. They're not like meant to be these mainstream things. Um, but like just for a year, we've been trying to you know get people on board. But it's so hard. So when it comes to my own projects, hopefully a bit it'll be a little bit more easier because I think there will be a bit more a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's really hard. It's really difficult. So, um, hopefully this year. Hopefully, hopefully 2018. But, you know, we'll be looking out. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to be in them. When do I get to be your muse? Can I just be in You already are my muse. Okay. Next up. Alomanda, great username on Instagram, asked, Could you please talk about how to prioritize self-care in the midst of projects and whatnot? I'd love some tips to incorporate in my college student Routine. Routine. Thank you, Alomanda. Great username from Instagram. All these questions are from Instagram, so thank you very much. Thank you. That's tough because when you're in the middle of work, the last thing you want to do is stop working to take care of yourself. Yeah. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. And you know that of me as well. Yeah. Like, I just want to kind of barrel through and take care of myself at the end of it, but usually that means that you end up very burned out. Uh, And so I think what you can do... Um, is kind of treat self-care as an essential part of the process of working because you're going to do better work when you're taking care of yourself, Mm. if that makes sense. Like if you have a paper that you know is due that you're really stressed out about, um, don't spend all night writing it because it's going to be a bad paper. Take care of yourself, sleep, (laughs) and then wake up and work on the paper because ultimately you're helping your body, your mind, and your paper. Yeah, it's kind of like that whole like old mentality thing I find like where like, there's that old thing where like if you can't get to sleep mm. or you like you go to sleep and you wake up and you can't get back to sleep 
you're not meant to then just lie there trying to get to sleep. Mm. You're you're meant to get up, read a book, do your thing, so then you can, you know, like slowly get down mentally and mm. then you'll be able to go full asleep again. So it's kinda like with writing a paper, if you're just writing and writing and writing or just revising mm-hmm. You're not taking anything in, and it's just like having a negative impact. Yeah, um, you're not actually adding anything positive to yeah, your paper. So you just kind of have to go away, and then when you come back, then you have a fresh. Yeah. yeah, which I think is the same thing about like writing a script <clears throat> or working on anything creatively. Taking the time for yourself to kind of rest and recuperate. Grab a mug of tea. Talk to a friend. A mug of tea, madame. A mug of tea, madame. Or like anything that can kind of give you a break. Yeah. That'll help you then do better work. Exactly. Prioritize self-care so that you can do better work. Totes. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so this is our last question. Thank you so much for uh, asking We're this We're running out of time on this. We, a badass podcast. We a badass podcast. Um, <laughs> last question. This is from Emily G. Watson. And she says, How can I get out of a creative slump because it's a brand new year and I feel like I should be making things and creating and living life to the max, but I'm just stuck and frustrated. Um, and I want to add, there was also another question that kind of goes along with this. So this is kind of answering two questions in the same yep. uh, boat. But also, um, you know, having a zillion resolutions for the year, but finding it difficult to break old habits um, and, and finding it difficult to find the motivation to change. Um, so, you know, New Year 2018, a lot of people feel like they want to get a lot accomplished in this year, but it's hard to kind of break the old habits, do something new. What could we say to help? Um, one, I would say it's January and everybody feels like a piece of shit right now. Yep. Uh, Acknowledge the shittiness. It's the worst month. Um, So Acknowledge uh, how shitty it is. You're not alone in thinking that. We're all thinking the same thing. Um, I usually find that January is just kind of like a dead month. Like I'm thinking about things, not really committing to anything. Mm -hmm. Stuff's happening, but... It's kind of in the background. It's kind of in the background. Yeah. Um, And I find like kind of coming out of January into February, March, then I'm like... I'm in my mojo then. New year, new me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would take some time. Like, take some time to yourself. Self-reflection. Don't stress about it. Because, you know, if you're stressing about a project or something creative, it's never going to, like, work out too well or help it. Because I think things come to you naturally a lot of the time. Um, If you're trying to write something, you can just take your time with it. Just rest assured, January is a slow month. Yeah. You can take your time. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. You don't have to rush anything. Yeah. And I think also, like, you can take January to kind of build your path for the year. So, like, you don't have to make January the first time that you do something important. You can make January the time where you get to reflect on when you want to do the first thing that's important. Yes. Like, you can take the time to go, you know what? I haven't really paid attention to my Etsy in a while. I haven't made all those... my good old Etsy. You know, I haven't made all those cool cartoon animal t-shirts that I've really wanted to make. (laughs) Uh, Let me map out that path so that in February and March I can have those all done so that I can have them all shipped out for summertime. You know what I mean? Give yourself a long lead so that you don't feel like you're stressed up to the moment or or you're struggling up to the moment Um, or whatever it is. Even if it's like I started journaling in the new year and I'm not stressing myself out by saying I need to journal every day. I'm only going to journal when I feel the need to have a thought to write down. So I've journaled now 
six or seven days, but it's been sporadic. And I, I've had the journal now for about a week and a half. So it's not like I've journaled every day, but I still feel like I'm accomplishing something because I am putting forth energy into something uh, and, and leaving my mark somewhere, which is helpful just in a mental space. Um, so don't feel like you have to do something daily or, or grind a routine in, but give yourself positive positive things that can motivate you afterwards. We, t- we, we talked about this last week in the podcast a little yeah. bit, but to motivate yourself to do something, give yourself rewards. Human beings are still rewards. animals. Rewards. We talked about this last week. Human beings are still animals. So like dogs, what do you do when they do something good? You give them a treat. Give yourself a treat whenever you do something good yeah. or something that you need to work towards. And that'll help you build positive habits as well. Boom. Boom, baby. And Boom. on that note, we're going to be ducking out of here. Dipping on out. Ducking out of here. Yes. Duck and dab on that. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay, your New Year's resolution is to stop dabbing. Uh, that's your New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is to continue dabbing on the haters. And on that note, Did we'll you ever see think you that week. him, artsy fartsy turd, would be dabbing as much as he does? <laughs> It's like, it's like a... It's a disease. You have a, it's like a tick. It's like a, yeah. It's like a, you ha, it's like you have dabbing, you have a well, dabbing you know tick. you funny? I started dabbing really ironically because I was like... Everyone did. I Everyone was, started dabbing ironically. But now people do it all the time. Yeah, but it's not, it's still lame. It's yeah. It's still no, lame. No, listen, when I'm dabbing on the haters, I'm not saying to myself, this is really cool. I should continue doing this. It's more so like, I have to continue. All right, well... Low gang for life, I guess, because that's what it sounds no. like. That's literally what you're doing. First of all, Logan Ball didn't come up with dabbing. It just He's the dabber. Give him the dab. He dabs. Who started dabbing? Dabs were like before Logan Ball. Yeah, but who said dabbing on the haters? <laughs> that's Logan Ball. Yeah, yeah. But dabs are not, they're not Either kind of Logan's it, you know, thing. No, it was Jake Paul that said dabbing on the haters. Yeah, that's the even, worst. Which is even that's the worst brother. Dabbing on the haters. That's, they're, they're both horrible, but you chose the worst brother. Well, yeah. Have you seen the, um, the video where, like, everyone goes to Jake Paul's house and, and like... Yeah. They, they're the little, the, Oh, you're talking about the, the 11-year-olds that are dabbing on the haters? Yeah, yeah. She's like, you know, you just have to dab on the haters. And that's a motto for me. That's sad. Okay. On that note, I will... I will see. <laughs> Will's trying to touch me, and I don't want it. Um... On that's that called note, guys, consent, William. We will um, see you next week. Yes. Okay. Namaste. See you later. Wait, how did we sign off last week? I really liked how we did that. We just did it really awkwardly and didn't do it well. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we did it. I hope you guys like this podcast. And if you did, please feel free to... Your audio is like barely registering. And subscribe. And um, here's the new year. All right. Okay. We'll see you guys later. I'm going to go get Will some medication. Hopefully Bye. Hi. Crash on my couch would not be crash on my couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you guys.